today on Home Court Press, McCain and I dive deep into Game 4 and take a look around the league as injuries and attrition begin to take their toll in the first round. It felt like the Nuggets got everything they needed to even the series, but defense fails them again as the Jazz take a commanding 3-1 series lead. But first, Donovan Mitchell keeps finding his name in discussions with some all-time playoff greats as he scores 50-plus for the second time in the first round. Is Mitchell officially playing the best basketball of his young career? Find our answers to that and more coming up next on Home Court Press. This is Mitchell. Hits another three. Mitchell for three. Got it. Conley leaves it for Gobert. Beautiful setup by Mike Conley. Conley, step back three over Millsap. Oh, pure as it gets. Up top for Gobert. Donovan Mitchell. Three-point answer, Jordan Clarkson on the other end for Utah. Mitchell all the way and gets it to go. We'll get it organized, shot clock down to four. Mitchell has Millsap on him, he'll pull a three, and he hits a three. Mitchell's got 50. This one belongs to the Utah Jazz as they ride their star. Welcome into Home Court Press. This is your host, Brian Priest, joined by McCade Pearson, and we're talking about Donovan Mitchell. McCade, how you doing this morning, man? Uh, um, I'm speechless. I'm trying to figure out how to put some things together for the next few minutes because the performances we've seen over the last couple days, both with Donovan Mitchell and just the NBA in general, have been really, really fun to watch. McCade, we're recording a podcast. I hope you're not actually speechless. We're going to need your contributions. Give me, give me a second. I'll be good to go. <laughs> All right, today we have to start with Donovan Mitchell. Who is this guy? I I mean, over his career, three years, we've seen glimpses of this in the past, but this series is Donovan Mitchell at a completely different level with his playmaking. Yesterday, 51 points, four rebounds, seven assists. He was 15 of 27 from the field, four of seven from three, 17 of 18 from the free throw line. He is playing outside of his mind right now. Yeah, his free throw rate for these four games has jumped over 500, which is like Giannis Harden levels, which is just great, great, great to see. I mean, that's obviously not sustainable for him. That will drop down a little bit, but we don't need it to be 500. If it can be 350, 400, that is plenty good. Um, he's attempted more free throws in these last four games than he did against the Thunder and Rockets in his rookie year. Like, we're Donovan's turned a corner. You're, you're saying more. Awesome. You're saying more free throws attempted in four games this year than in eleven games of his rookie year. Yeah, just fantastic. He's attacking the rim a lot better. Um, he's making some shots that I don't love to see him take, but I'm not going to complain. Um, just overall, he looks so much more in control, so much more at his own pace. What we always love Moutier for of controlling the pace. Donovan's doing now, and uh, I trust Donovan to do that a lot more than Moutier. Yeah, if your best player can control the pace the way Donovan Mitchell has, it's making a huge difference. Let's just let's look at some of the things Donovan did last night, and he's done so far in this series. So obviously, this was his second 50-point game of the series. How many guys have done that in history? Michael Jordan and Allen Iverson. That's it. The list is over. Multiple 50-point games overall in a playoff season. Michael Jordan, Allen Iverson, and Wilt Chamberlain way back in 1960. That's it. That's the end of the list. Donovan Mitchell is putting his name with these greats 
And I don't know that a rational Utah Jazz fan ever could have expected this outburst so far. Yeah, I'm an Iverson hater, and the series he did that, he was actually pretty bad in. Like, it was, he was just jacking up shots. He had, I think, a 5-for-27 game that series as well. Like, it was wild. It wasn't great. They ended up pulling out in seven, like, whatever. Wilt was in 1960 when the NBA was just fluky. Let's just run and gun and shoot 150 shots a game. So Jordan's the only one who I'm like really did this at the same level as Mitchell, who like did this while playing good basketball. Obviously not modern basketball because we are in different eras between Jordan, but like more modern than 1960 Wilt. And so, as you said, it's just not a big list. And the way he's done it is more impressive than the even short list that it is. Yeah, the way he's done it with the efficiency. We already talked about free throws having you know, going 42 of 44 from the free throw line, 95% clip connecting on those. He's leading the playoffs through four games with 39 and a half points per game. Obviously a 57 and a 51 help that. But I mean, across the board, he's been great. He's second in the league in the playoffs with 18 threes made. He's shooting 51% from behind the three point line, 14th in the league in terms of overall field goal percentage at 56 14th sounds like it might be a little bit low, but this is a guy who is taking a majority of shots as jumpers, and he's still shooting 56%. And then a few other things, McCade, here. Let me rattle these off. Donovan Mitchell leads the NBA playoffs in field goals made, 49. True shooting percentage at 743. Offensive rating at 146.7. Win shares at 0.424 per 48 minutes or 1.3 win shares added over the course of four games. And then just his value over a replacement player is 0.6 points per game. I he is He's playing at a level that I didn't think Donovan Mitchell or, I mean, anybody else really in the league was capable of putting up these types of numbers in a playoff series. Now, granted, the Nuggets' defense has been bad, easily the worst in the bubble, but for Donovan Mitchell to take advantage of that really shows how good he is right now and what he's capable of going forward. Yeah, you know, when he's climbing Mount Everest here, coming back to Earth from Mount Everest is still going to be a pretty high elevation. And that's what will matter long term. So it's fun. You enjoy the view at the peak of Mount Everest, and you come back down a couple thousand feet, and you're still high up and ready to roll. This is fantastic to see. I'm excited to see what happens over the next couple games, potentially next couple series. I'll be careful there, and then next season and the rest of his career, because if this is the Donovan we're going to get, and obviously this is not the Donovan we're going to get for a whole season, but if this is a type of Donovan we're going to get for a whole season, then the Jazz have a lot more interesting decisions to make this summer than they potentially would have. And, you know, one thing we've kind of neglected here in this Donovan Mitchell conversation, McCade, is his overall playmaking, not just scoring and getting buckets for himself. He's got 23 assists in four games. He's averaging almost six assists per game, which is a huge jump over his previous career averages. Yeah, he's up over seven if you take out game threes, one assist that he didn't have to do much as a blowout. You know, he just kind of took care of business. But yeah, in games one, two, and four, he's well up over seven. Like, things are just... I like where things are heading. I'll say that. 
He is a special, special kid. Let's stop fawning over Donovan Mitchell for a couple of minutes. Let's look around the league, talk about the rest of the playoffs real quick, and then we'll come back and talk more about this game. So I want to start with the Clippers and Mavericks series. Luka Doncic is a bad, bad man. How good was that yesterday? I love it as a Jazz fan with that uh, series potentially looming. Um, I don't know if we're going to get Dallas or not, but uh, I'd love to see that series go seven. Yeah, Luka Doncic with, I believe it was his third triple-double in four games, 43-17-13, on a bad ankle and no Kristaps Porzingis. What do you do? And, I mean, that's not even mentioning the game-winning three that he put on Reggie Jackson from 28 feet. Yeah, they uh, they needed that shot to go down and tie that series 2-2. That's a big swing. 3-1 and 2-2 is a monumental difference. That is a big, big swing and a huge shot by Luka. And I don't care how well the Clippers are playing. If the series is 2-2, that puts pressure moving forward because your season might be over in 48 hours. I mean, even if Kawhi goes down with the most minor injury, they could be in big trouble because Paul George ain't showing up. Um, So that's just a fun playoff series that if you're trying to pull off an upset, you got to win games in the short term, and then in the long term, you see what happens. Yeah, I I mean, just the stones on a 21-year-old like Luka Doncic, you've mentioned it on Twitter that according to the NBA record books, he's playing in his age 20 season. But he's been amazing, and he's got the capability right now to be, I think he's probably a top-five player in the league overall. But then on the other side of the coin in this series, old playoff Paul George. You you said it briefly. This guy hasn't shown up yet. He's 20 of 69 from the field, shooting 29%, 22% from the three-point line. If Paul George just shoots marginally better, the, the Clippers are up 3-1 easily, if not having swept this series. Yeah, so you mentioned the 20 for 69, but that includes his all-right game one. He shot, I think, 25% in game two, went on Instagram and said, hey, guys, stop making fun of me. And then he went out and shot, like, 20% in game three and then went out and said, I'm not James Harden. I impact the game in other ways. And then came out in game four and shot, like, 15%. So it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. as He's been, like, trying to defend himself and – He's got to turn that around in the next couple of days or else the Clippers might be in some trouble. Um, playoff P has uh, not arrived yet. Not yet. Other games played yesterday in the Eastern Conference, the Raptors and Celtics both advance in sweeps. Celtics eliminate the Sixers, who just didn't look like they cared to keep playing after game three. The Raptors, their depth shows each and every game. Kyle Lowry injured his foot at late in the first quarter. He's going to have an MRI today. But even without Lowry, the Raptors were still able to put up over 150 points yesterday. 100 bench points, right? 100 bench points, yes. <laughs> Ridiculous. I, I doubt that's ever happened. I, I don't see a way it, it ever could have happened previously. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's nuts. Um, uh, yeah, not... The East has not been entertaining. I mean, it's had some moments, but uh, the East has not been the best basketball in the world so far. No, and but it's been kind of what we expected it would be. So these two teams, the Raptors and Celtics, advance. They're going to play each other with Game 1 scheduled for Thursday afternoon. So that's a series that I'm definitely looking forward to. But in the meantime, we come back to the Western Conference, the Lakers and Blazers. 
uh, Oklahoma City and Houston. And then on the eastern side, the, the Bucks and Magic, all three of those series are 2-1 with those game fours happening today. What do you anticipate to see today from each of those series, McCade? Man, I really wish that those were actually at arenas because all three of those teams that are down 2-1 would be at home, which would, I think, give the Blazers and Thunder a little more hope. Um, but as we just saw with the Clippers-Mavericks game, if you're down 2-1 and you can still game four and make it a best-of-three series, you're giving yourself a fighting chance. I'd love to see OKC tie that series. I'd love to see the Blazers tie that series. I'm a huge Magic guy, despite putting money in the book. I just want to see more basketball. <laughs> and so I'm interested to see how teams come out and play down 2-1. Because we saw the Nuggets come out yesterday with a lot of fire, and they couldn't quite pull it out. And so I'm assuming that's what we'll see with the Magic. But those other two series, they all those teams have stuff to figure out, and it's not like they have a lot of time to figure it out. So it should be fun day to day. The Heat with a chance to close out the Pacers might not be as fun as those other three, though. Yeah, the, the Heat Pacers game is definitely not one on my radar. But back to Oklahoma City and Houston, I wonder if the Thunder have kind of figured something out here with Danilo Gallinari playing a lot more minutes at center and Steven Adams not playing as much. The Thunder are trying to match that Rockets small ball a little bit more. They were able to pull out game three in overtime. And I. I just that's the series I really want to see moving forward because I think that's got in the Western Conference that one has the best chance to go seven games at this point. Yeah, but it's been it's been fantastic. Uh, I'm loving these full four days of basketball, and today's probably the last day we get that. Maybe we get it on Wednesday if the Pacers can pull out a game. Sabonis is back, but he's not going to play for like six days, so that doesn't matter. But yeah, no, we'll see what happens. Lou Dort has been fantastic on Harden, which just makes that series a little more interesting. Um, Chris Paul's great. You mentioned the Gallo playing more five, which is a really, really great adjustment there. And I'm just very intrigued to see how those two teams come out because game four is such a swing game. We talked about a lot with the Jazz Nuggets a couple days ago. So it'll be interesting to see how the momentum is playing out in that series. The Rockets are just a tough team to predict because their variance is so high with the amount of three-pointers that they shoot. And we, we've seen it over the last several years. You know, They arguably were better than the Warriors the last couple of seasons, but unable to get over that hump because when the chips were down, the Rockets weren't hitting shots. So could be really interesting. I could easily see the Rockets come out and win by 30 today and shoot 50% from the three-point line, or... I could see him going cold, and OKC ties this up 2-2, and and then we just have a battle going forward between OKC and Houston and then that, that Mavericks-Clippers series we talked about a little bit. The Western Conference is fun. I don't see a whole lot more coming from the Blazers. The, the Lakers seem to have more or less figured that one out, but I don't think that's a surprise either. It's just like you said, the four playoff games per day, this has been about as close to NBA heaven as I think I've ever experienced. Maybe a Jazz Finals one will get us over that uh, final little hump for you. Um, Ooh, pinch yeah, me. No, things are great. All right, McCade, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to look at this, this game four from yesterday, Jazz Nuggets. We'll talk about how the Jazz won this game and were able to take a commanding 3-1 series lead. So thank you for listening to Home Court Press, and we will be right back. 
Thanks for tuning in today. Home Court Press can be found on kbear.com. Just go to kbear.com forward slash home court press. We can also be found on any of your major podcatchers. And remember to listen, share, rate, and review so more people have an opportunity to listen. Lastly, give McCade Pearson a follow on Twitter at McCadep8. That's M-C-C-A-D-E-P-8. And you can find me, Brian Priest, on Twitter at bpriest24. That's B-P-R-E-E-C-E-24. As always, thanks for listening to Home Court Press, and now back to the show. Welcome back to Home Court Press. McCade Pearson joining me, Brian Priest. And McCade, now we're talking about the game yesterday. When you look at the numbers, and even short of the numbers, if you were to draw up a blueprint for the Denver Nuggets to have success in one game or in the series, that blueprint's going to include pretty much Everything that the Nuggets were able to do in Game 4. They had 17 offensive rebounds, a 38.5% offensive rebounding rate, an area where the Jazz have struggled all season. They only turned the ball over 60, or they only turned the ball over six times, not 60. That'd be some kind of a record. 50 points from Jamal Murray. Nikola Jokic had one of his best games, 29-7-6. As a team, they had 25 assists, but where they fall apart and where the Jazz have killed them all series, defensively, they just look clueless. Yeah, the Jazz with 125-plus points in all four games, um, that doesn't help anybody. Well, that helps the Jazz, let's be clear. That does help somebody. <laughs> it does. Um, that doesn't help anybody on the Nuggets side of things. And I think you're spot on. I don't know how the Jazz won this game when you look at the Nuggets' numbers. The Nuggets took 100 shots, and the Jazz took 73 now, some of that was a free-throw disparity, um, but a lot of it was 17 offensive rebounds, only six turnovers. That's an extra 11 plays your team gets. So just a fantastic job by the Nuggets, and it wasn't enough. Royce and Joe only had four points on seven shots. Like, I, Let's just give Donovan Mitchell a round of applause because he was fantastic yesterday. Like, The Jazz' ability to pull this game out was huge. And the Jazz didn't play particularly well. They just dug down and found a way to win it. And that's really good to see. Yeah, Offensively, the Jazz played great. Defensively, it was not their finest showing. You mentioned Royce and, and Joe. 4.7 shots. They also combined for nine rebounds and only two assists. And uh, This has been something that I think with the return of Mike Conley was probably, if you want to call it a concern, was probably the biggest concern, is that Joe, throughout the season, hasn't looked great playing next to Mike Conley and not having the ball in his hands quite as much. But to only get two assists in this game from these guys, like you said, you wonder how the Jazz were able to come out on top. 51 points from Donovan Mitchell obviously helps quite a bit. Jordan Clarkson, for as negative as I have been about Jordan Clarkson, you too, McCade, we've both been pretty down on Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson hater. And I think he's a big reason why we lost game one, but he was a big reason why we won last night. Yeah, 24 points, he had three rebounds, but the efficiency was a big difference for Clarkson yesterday. Nine of 13 from the field, four of seven from the three-point line, and it felt like every time the Jazz needed a big shot, Jordan Clarkson provided that. I also liked how Quinn changed up the, the rotation just a little bit. Conley came out early, replaced by Clarkson, and then when Donovan came out late in the first quarter, Conley came back in. So it was always two 
primary point guard ball handlers between Mitchell, Clarkson, and Conley on the floor at all times, and that's not including Joe Ingles as a ball handler. And I loved that adjustment from Quinn Snyder because it allowed the offense to stay calm in, in spite of the Nuggets hitting shots and really never coming back to earth offensively. The Jazz offense was able to hang with the Nuggets long enough to make a run in the third quarter and build a lead that the Nuggets just couldn't come back from. They got close, though. There were some moments where I got a little worried. But uh, that Paul Millsap block and then Donovan Mitchell three will go down as a all-time Jazz moment. That Donovan Mitchell saying that he wants this stuff, that's going to be a gif going forward. I guarantee it. Somebody's going to create that. I would if yeah. I had the capability. Well, Donovan said, get that stuff out of here. I mean, sorry, Paul said, get that stuff out of here. And then, yes, Donovan said, I want that uh, stuff back. Um, <laughs> great moment. Just great shot making. As I said, the offense had some bumps in the road yesterday, but they made shots on those bumps. And when you get to a certain point in the playoffs, you just got to make shots no matter how difficult the shots they are. And the Jazz did that. Conley's been terrific, hasn't turned the ball over, hasn't missed a shot. Okay, that's a little extreme, but like... <laughs> it feels I'm like it. what I'm seeing. When you're getting, what? Did we get 100 points from Clarkson, Conley, Donovan? Uh, yes. Yes, we did, looking at the numbers. Clarkson and Conley combined for 50, Donovan 51. So 101 yeah. for those three. It's going to be really hard to beat the Jazz when they're three usually inefficient guards are all crazy efficient. And as I said, like a lot of it was just some good shot making yesterday. Clarkson specifically and fourth quarter Donovan were just making some insane shots. And you love to see it. That's why guards get big money is for these moments. Um yeah, you're gonna win a lot of games when those guys combined score hundred and one points. It's one thing to hit shots early in the game when there's not as much pressure going on, but a, a game late close the pressure cooker like we had yesterday let's talk about mike conley in the second half he, he did finish with 26 points four assists but in the second half alone he was five of seven from the field three of five from the three-point line also four of four from the free throw line and you mentioned it zero turnovers in the two games that he's played in the playoffs mike conley has been perfect this is why we brought him here is for these moments he didn't show up against Denver in the regular season, but he's shown up in the playoffs against Denver, and it's been huge the last two games. It has. It's been very important for the Jazz. I don't think I, I don't think they win both of the last two games. They probably win one of the two without Mike Conley. But to go on, we, we've mentioned how we're just not totally sure how the Jazz ended up winning this game. You've talked a lot about not only shot quality, but shot quantity. Yeah. It, so the Jazz had, what did you say it was, 77 shot attempts yesterday? Or was it 73? We had, we had 73. They had 100. And the Jazz only attempted 29 threes. They made 14 of those. They continue to shoot great from the three-point line. It's something that's a little bit easier to do when you never have a hand in your face. So 48% yesterday. They shot 57% from the field overall. And a huge number, big difference in the game yesterday was at the free throw line. The Jazz went 31 of 36. The Nuggets only attempted 13 free throws, making 12 of those. The Jazz aren't fouling, and the Nuggets are. Yeah, and, you know, if you just look at the box score, you'll think, oh, the referee must have struggled or something along those lines. 
No, Rudy Gobert is just dominant. Let's we haven't I don't think we've mentioned the name Rudy Gobert yet. And he is still probably the second main reason we're winning this series. Is as good as Jokic's numbers look, the Nuggets just aren't getting to the rim <clears throat> or the free throw line. They are just terrified to get in the paint because of Gobert. And there's something to be said about that. Oh, late in that game, Jamal Murray was able to get a switch and go to the basket against Rudy Gobert that I believe if he makes that layup, the Nuggets take a lead. And Rudy just swallows up Jamal Murray for as good of a game as Murray had all night. Rudy took care of that defensive possession, and that's why he's the best defensive player in the world. That's why he's the best, you know, the best threat in terms of protecting the basket. And offensively, Rudy had another awesome game. Seven of eight from the field. I he probably had at least five or six dunks. I could look that up, but 17 points, 11 rebounds from Rudy. And yeah, just that clutch defense at the basket. The, the Nuggets aren't able to get any good looks. And it was an area of concern we had going into this series because the Nuggets had been one of the best scoring teams in the paint in the bubble. And Rudy has completely flipped the script on that. I still think Joel Embiid is the best center in the league. No, but no, no, Carl, no. With, <laughs> with Joel Embiid getting swept and Carl Anthony Towns being in the lot, not being in the lottery, winning the lottery. And now Gobert about to take out Jokic in hopefully five games, maybe six. We'll see what happens. The Jazz Nation push of Rudy Gobert being the best center in the league is going to be strong here in a few days. <laughs> and I'm not sure there's a lot of counter-arguments at this very moment. I'll give you that Joel Embiid probably has the most talent for the center position in the league. But he's never shown an ability or willingness to get in good enough shape to utilize that talent. Carl Anthony Towns does not care. Like, we think Nikola Jokic is bad defensively. Cat is probably even worse. And Yeah, Jokic takes up space. Yes. And that has some value. Carl Anthony Towns, not so much. But yeah, Jokic has been, he's been great in this series, Frank. Want to throw away game three as a nugget, but... Jokic has been terrific. It's just Rudy Gobert has been just a little bit better. And I think what you've said all series in that neither of those players needs to dominate. It's just can they offset each other enough for everybody else to take over. And that's what Rudy Gobert has done. He's neutralized Nikola Jokic in terms of his impact on the game. And that's why the Jazz are up 3-1 right now. Yeah, this has been – Donovan's been fantastic, but this has been a – huge series for Gobert's narrative of can't play in the playoffs because he's played brilliantly. And I mean, if you, I think to look up the stats a little bit more and Donovan is for sure the best player in this series so far, but I don't know if Gobert is as far behind Donovan as we think. Like he's done exactly what he's needed to do this series. And if we want to talk about a center quote unquote being played off the floor in a playoff series, we might want to look across to the other bench. Right. That's all. That's all I'll say. Now, I have said all season long that while Donovan Mitchell is the best player on the Jazz, Rudy Gobert is the most important. They could afford to lose Donovan Mitchell for a short stretch. They cannot afford to lose Rudy Gobert. And I'm a Tony Bradley guy. It's going to be fun moving forward. The Jazz are playing their best basketball, I'll say, of the season. Is that, is that a hot take? I like Probably it. more than so in their 10-game winning streak without Mike Conley. Things look good. I still don't think they'll beat the Clippers if they can get that far. We still got to beat the Nuggets one more time. 
I'm interested to see how the Nuggets come out. If they come out with a fire to fight back from a 3-1 deficit, or if they say, you know, we could be out of the bubble here in like 12 hours if we play our cards right. Um, but if we can get past the Nuggets and not blow a 3-1 lead, I still would choose the Clippers over the Jazz, but I think with how we're playing right now, that would be a good series. And that's what I want to see the Jazz. That's what I've wanted to see from the Jazz now for four years is a good competitive series against a title contending team. It's not over yet, but I didn't expect this team to advance to the second round. Once we got into the bubble with the injuries, with Mike Conley leaving before game one, I just didn't see it happening for the Jazz. And let's let's tip the cap to Quinn Snyder and his game planning and ability to take advantage of mismatches and just counter every move that Mike Malone has made with the Nuggets. Quinn Snyder's been two or three steps ahead every single time. Yeah, this has been, I think, Quinn Snyder's best playoff series. People will talk about the Thunder series, but it's like, yeah, you, you just win at Bellow. It's whatever. And the Clippers series is also really good, but this has been probably Quinn Snyder's best work of his career so far. Without and he a needed doubt. that, too. He needed a series to say, hey, guys, I'm still elite. I've still got control of this. Like, this was a, I'm not a huge narrative guy, but this was a huge series for the narratives of Donovan, Rudy, and Quinn and other guys, and they've lived up and exceeded expectations. Is that something that's an advantage for the Jazz, that they, they did have this need for those three people specifically to prove themselves? Mike Conley to come over from Memphis, the first time he's played with another team in his career, and all four of those guys have really had people doubt them all season long and their ability to put it together and be a dominant playoff team and a championship contender. Is is just that kind of underdog mentality something that's benefiting the Jazz at this moment? It could be. They came into the series with very little to lose. Donovan was already one of the worst playoff performers of all time. Rudy already had the narrative that he got played off before every playoff. Um, I was one of the reasons Quinn was getting some hate and some look at and being like, okay, what's going on here? And so they shouldn't have much to lose. Uh, no Boyan helped with that too. They looked awful in the feeding games at times. So it was really just, eh, we're writing this team off. And that does something to a team when you take off that pressure, that lack of expectations where they can just go out and do their thing. And so it's been fantastic to see. And I give them all the credit. People on Twitter say I never admit I'm wrong. Go ahead and search the words with my handle, <laughs> I am wrong, because it's a lot more than you think. And I'm saying right here, I was completely wrong about this series. I thought the Jazz were going to play well, and I thought they were going to lose in six, especially after game one. You know, we lost to Donovan scoring 57. That was a big red flag to me. And I just give them all the credit. They've been fantastic, and I was wrong. I'll say it louder if you want. Ask me on Twitter and I'll say it louder. Um, <laughs> but they've shown up in a way I didn't think they could. Props to them. I agree. It's It's been wonderful to watch, and we're really getting everything out of this jazz team that we could have hoped for and more. So that's all I've got today, McKay. Did you have anything else? Firestarter, they're going to win the series. What? What? I'm saying it right now. Um Kind of on a more serious note, though, they do need to come out and take care of business in Game 5, especially because we know Clippers and Mavs going 6, for sure. Um, and with the way the NBA is playing this, they want to get through the bubble as fast as possible. So you saw the Raptors-Celtics schedule came out, and they start on Thursday playing every other day. Like, they're trying to shave time right now. 
And so if the Jazz let this get to six, they will play Thursday, Saturday, and go straight. They'll, they'll have those go straight to the series. And so if you want even a day off, you got to take care of business in game five. That's... And so I think that's a big key to next series is not only for the players to get quote unquote healthy and rested and all that fun stuff, but you got to give the coaching staff time to prepare for the next series. And if you can give them four days to prepare for that series instead of two, that will go a long way as well. Completely agree. That's going to make a huge difference for the Jazz, and you wonder what Game 5 is going to be like. Normally we'd be going back to Denver. Now we're staying in the bubble, obviously. And all right, the Nuggets have been in the bubble for close to two months at this point. If well, the, if some the, of their players, they all trickled in all the time. Yeah, that's true. The Nuggets didn't all come in at the same time <laughs> like the Jazz did. But I did, you just wonder if the Nuggets are going to respond. Do the Jazz come out early and get a, a 10, 15-point lead and the Nuggets pack it in because they're ready to go home? That's what I would like to see happen because, like you said, the the rest going forward, get the guys a few days off, give the coaching staff some time to get in the, get in the film room and watch the Clippers and the Mavericks if you give Quinn Snyder time to game plan, you're in trouble. Quinn Snyder can pick teams apart. He's great in terms of game planning. It's important for them to close this out in Game 5. The odds that they win yeah. the series are really high right now, but closing it out as early as possible gives them the best chance going forward in Round 2. And some historical notes there. So teams in this situation where they go down 1-0 and then win three straight games are 16-1. and so that's good to see that one loss was uh, the 06 Lakers. But the Jazz were in this position two years ago with Oklahoma City, and they went to Oklahoma City on a three-game win streak, feeling confident, and they came out on fire, and they were up 25, I believe, was the number in the mid-third quarter. And I was like, oh, my gosh, we just beat the Thunder four straight times. This is great. And then Russell Westbrook went nuts, and they came back from 25 points in like four minutes or something crazy like that, and we lost that game. And they had a tough game six at home. You got to keep your foot on the gas. You mm-hmm. got to pick up this win. I don't think the Nuggets have a player like Russell Westbrook who will be down 25 on Tuesday and go, you know what? I'm not losing this game. I don't think that's Jokic's personality to fight a 25 point deficit. But get up big and keep the foot on the gas and let's close this thing out on Tuesday. 48 more minutes, play hard, close the series out, and then get that rest as we go forward. So game five we've talked about, it's going to be Tuesday afternoon, 4.30. That'll be on TNT as well. For the Jazz, are going to be looking to close out this Nuggets team. All right, McCade, so where can they, the folks find you on social media? Uh, at McCade P8, M-C-C-A-D-E-P-8. Uh, you know what to do, and I'm always willing to talk. And then you can find me on Twitter at bpriest24, so that's at B-P-R-E-E-C-E 24. Also, if you like what you've heard with Home Court Press, McCade and I are loving putting this show on and preparing for it, and hopefully people are learning some things as they listen to it. If you enjoy it, please take a couple of minutes, share, rate, and review Home Court Press on any of your major podcatchers, wherever you get it from, just so we can spread it out and, and get more people involved with the podcast. Thank you for listening, and go Jazz!